Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Thursday 905 Roundup. I am Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. And we have, uh, well, a whole range of stories from, from uh, well, we just described before we came on air as the three horsemen of the apocalypse. I think that's probably <laughs> a little bit grandiose, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> um, Horseman number one, <laughs> Patrick Brown has, 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 as we discussed last week, formally now announced his candidacy to be the uh, uh, well, to be the leader of the Conservative Party, uh, and not the Prime Minister, as, as his rival is claiming. Um, but uh, yeah, he's he's formally come out and said that. And well, what does this mean for Brampton? Uh, uh, Joel, you have thoughts? Yeah, it means that Brampton doesn't have a mayor for six months. Um. You know that that, that that's that, I guess good for him if he thinks he can make it. Good. Uh, apparently, his, his reputation is of an, an amazing uh, uh, organizer and an amazing uh, uh, sign upper of memberships. I guess is the the technical term in politics. Uh, which is kind of how he won the Tory, uh, sorry, the PC leadership back in. Uh, back in the day for at the provincial level um that didn't work out so well for him uh and he was forced to resign um yeah it, it's it's a i think it's a bold move and it's a bold assumption on his part to assume oh i can jump from being mayor of brampton uh to uh to being the leader of the of the conservative party i i i i kind of question in the caucus like i i i critic Criticism uh, of Patrick Brown's mayoral campaign aside, I do question the intelligence behind making that jump only because he was once a former MP uh, underneath uh, Stephen, Stephen Harper. And this is a different caucus. It's a, it's a different conservative party. They, they have had people have lost, people have left, they've retired. New people have been elected. Um, this you know, it's kind of bold of him to come and say, well, I'm, I, you know, I left you guys back in the day. I had some losses and I got relegated. I, I managed to get a job working at Brampton. Now I'm going to come back and I'm going to run you guys. I'm like that, there's a little bit of, uh, of gumption there that you, I mean, you, you kind of need to run, I guess, for leader, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I think at the very least, I mean, I mean, obviously the man is extremely ambitious. Um, everything has been about what, where can I end up being, you know, the, the big man on campus, so to speak, in, in, in one job or another. And at every level, it, you know, he, he, he's, he's got a long way, but he hasn't exactly covered himself in glory at, at any point. I think the most telling one is 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 what happened with the PCs, you know, so close to the 2018 election. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in retrospect, you would think that um, you know the, the the liberals were in such trouble. Clearly, um, that it really didn't matter who was the leader of of the PCs. That that uh, you know they probably would have won anyway. However, he was so disliked by his caucus uh, and you know the reports i remember 
these are rumors. I didn't see this firsthand, but the reports I heard at the time was that he was a very isolated leader of the progressive conservatives and that the caucus was not um, exactly, you know, um, being what the caucus is supposed to be, which is uh, the cheerleaders for the leader. You know, that that's how, for better or worse, that's how our political system tends to work. So, you know, the, the ease with which he was, he was shown the door, um, uh, and obviously the the allegations were very serious, and the timing and everything was was you know blah blah blah. But you didn't see, um, you didn't see still, a lot of you didn't see a lot of caucus members coming to his defense. No, I mean no, that did. that was I mean, just, which is why he was so bitter, and why he threw Vic Fidelli under the bus, and why yeah. you know and, you know, and then Doug Ford added insult to injury by by taking away his his substitute job, which is to be you know regional chair. Um. And uh, forcing him to his third choice, which was Brampton, you know, and poor old Brampton can't catch a break. Um, uh, you know, I mean, well, that's, that's the last three mayors since 2000, two of them have clouds over their heads at the very least, shall we say. Clouds. Well, pa- Patrick, <laughs> Patrick Brown is leaving, uh, well, let's not say with a cloud, but definitely with uncertainty over, uh, of his tenureship as Brampton mayor. Again, uh, like, there's something to say, okay, you're a successful mayor, I think, if you can run for re-election and win, which is, let's face it, in, in this province, it's very easy to do at the municipal level. Um, I, I, I think it's, as we said in the last episode, uh, last uh, uh, roundup, just how it's just, I find it's unsatisfactory that he's not going to face re-election as mayor to the people of Brampton and say, will you give me another chance uh, to be your mayor? And that to me always strikes me as that. I mean, that that really is the only way we can we can express our favor or disfavor with our elected officials is at the ballot. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, and I presume. I mean, we're, we're assuming here. Here's here's what we do know. He's still the mayor of Brampton today. He's just that he's he's. We also know that if you're running a leadership campaign, you're not spending a whole lot of time doing a second job. That's a full time job from now till September. Um, well, so he's uh, not going to be he can't, active. He can't active be mayor. He can't be uh, uh, attending a city council meetings, talking about budgets and uh, and whatnot. If he's got to be running off to Saskatchewan or to Alberta to go talk to uh, you know Fort McMurray Tory uh, the, the, the Tory Association out in Fort McMurray or in downtown Calgary and start win- trying to win over their favor. He, no, but he could be back. I mean, the, 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 I mean, he might still end up facing facing the electorate in that he might not become the leader of the CPC, in which case he's going to come back to his other job. You know? <laughs> but yeah, I don't think. No, you're absolutely right. He's not going to be uh, acting in any significant manner as mayor of Brampton between now and September. No, um, I don't think he's. I would put him as an outsider, other than as you mentioned. You're absolutely right. He has shown that one thing he he seems to be extremely good at is signing up those members and getting them to come out and vote for him. And I, th- um, I think, yeah, he certainly showed that in the PC. I would suspect what you'll see happening over the next six months is um, he'll come out and he'll come out of left field uh, closer to uh, the September 10th. I, th- I believe the the CPC leadership election is uh, September 10th. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I suspect somewhere closer to that date, you're going to see a ton of membership signups by his organization. Um, not, not enough to, to secure his, uh, his nomination as the candidate, 
but enough for him to have some power. And I think what he what he'll want to be is the kingmaker. So, and this is me entirely hyperbolizing or not hypothesizing, I should say. My I got my H's wrong, uh, but hypothesizing he's going to want to become the kingmaker. So he'll want to have enough votes and points. The convoluted CPC leader electing system is is complicated enough, but he'll want to have enough power under his name that he'll be able to go to. I suspect will be uh, Pierre Poilievre or Jean Charest. Uh, and say to them, "Will you give me a? I want to. I want a primo ca- uh, cabinet spot. When you guys get elected to prime minister, I want primo cabinet spot. Uh, or you know, right like right next to a. You know, I want the nice corner office. And uh, <laughs> so that's that's what I suspect is going to happen. Uh, in in." You know, you'll you'll see it happen on September 10th. There'll be the back and forth, uh, the oh, who's coming where, and you'll see they'll have a Jean Charest or Pierre Poilievre will make a deal with Patrick Brown and it, that'll come through. I think that's the best case scenario for Patrick Brown. I really don't see, I, I really outside of Ontario, I don't see him having a huge, uh, huge amount of clout. I I, I don't I, no. like why why would somebody in Alberta care about patrick brown why, why would somebody yeah, it doesn't it doesn't doesn't have the profile it doesn't have the profile that obviously sheree has obviously polyev has um they you know for better or worse they are nationally recognized names um i i mean i, I think this is polyev's to lose um oh, I think, yeah. you know again for better or worse this is the way the, the cpc is cpc membership has, has declared itself um, the party of the right of the of of the increasingly extreme right and is will not distance itself from that. And so, you know, they ultimately they're going to run an election with Canada's Trump. And uh, mm-hmm. I think to me, Polyev is that man, and I think he will win uh, easily. Uh, but but we'll see. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Don't usually you know, don't usually make. Predictions, but I think in this case that, that it just seems it's like this is just the way history is going. It's the way that party has been going. Um, yeah, but I just uh, I think Patrick Brown wants to. I think Patrick Brown's. Um, I mean, his track record in the past has been just that. Like he, he'll want he'll want to be. I think I, I just don't see him being able to come in and winning the the leadership um, without some kind of backroom dealings. And I just, I would suspect if he had enough. Uh, members signed up that he's his name has some weight. You know that's the thing. He'll you know he has some power to go to Poilievre or or, uh, or Sherry and say, "What will you give me for to be number the number two choice on on my ballot, um, so to speak?" Because uh, the the fourth candidate, Leslie Lewis, uh, I, she helped. She she helped the the uh, uh, Aaron O'Toole win a little bit, but I don't. She has a strong a strong social conservative background, social uh, conservative uh, bona fides that will go far in that party. I'm sure. I just don't know if it's enough to put her over the top. May, maybe things have changed in the last uh, uh, three or four years since Aaron O'Toole was elected as leader. I don't know, but I don't think she has. From my from what I've read, there's been 
some problems in her campaign just so logistically i'm not sure that's going to be a, a, a problem but apparently you know if patrick brown keeps his uh his shoulder down uh shoulder to the wheel and does the work and signs up enough people he might have enough to uh to give himself a nice job in a cabinet post uh at some point down the road at least that's my, that's the calculation i'm betting that he's making because i can't imagine um say if he loses which i think he will uh he's gonna be able to come back and run for re-election of May- brampton mayor and say yeah i want to run on my campaign like you've you bailed for six months of the year for half the half the last year you are not you have not been in town and you certainly have not been in town to do any duties as mayor so you know good luck to you on that that re-election campaign yeah i don't know brampton well enough to know i mean it, it seems like it plows its own route with with how it chooses its mayors let's put it that way um but um uh I, if I if I was a resident of Brampton, I would be thinking, well, you know, mm-hmm. he's shown very clearly what he thinks about this city, um, and we should vote accordingly. Um, but well, let's take a quick break, I guess, and uh, we'll come back and uh, discuss another side of the uh, leadership, the, P- uh, the CPC leadership, um, which also relates to our region, um, in a few minutes. And welcome back. And uh, well, the PCs, um, the Ontario PCs or Doug Ford, um, has kind of made a somewhat uh, interesting comment, basically warning his MPPs not to get involved in any significant way in the in the um, leadership contest. Um. And what does this mean? I mean, um, when I initially read it, I thought he was basically telling his candidates, uh, telling his MPPs that none of them should think about running. But um, I actually think it's more about telling them just not to back candidates, mm-hmm. not to get involved, which is not unusual in some ways. And we've seen that with, so, with multiple parties. It's a parties little weird that, at the but, leadership race. Because um, people remember back in the last federal election which really was not that long ago though it feels like a lifetime ago um ford told his caucus no 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 you're not helping out your your conservative uh friends and he himself stayed people were wondering where's where's doug ford during the whole federal election and he stayed silent partly i think it was because he he just realized i'm gonna have to ask somebody to help bail me out of this covid mess down the road and i don't want to be on the on the wrong uh I don't want to. I don't want to burn bridges there. I don't think that's quite the calculation this time. I part of me wonders. Um, I th- I think he just wants like he's got a, his own election coming up. I think he says he just wants people focused on this. Quite frankly, I, I don't think he wants. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there is that element, which is like you know what he's saying now, and until June, June the tenth, or whenever day it is. Um, it could be very different to what he says after June the 10th um, when, uh, you know, the uh, can, you know, win, lose, or draw. Um, people may be able to do whatever they want. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess I mean, the, the article in, in the Star is from um, uh, Robert Benzi, a longtime uh, Queen's Park Bureau chief. Um, and he, he, he mentions just how closely uh, – uh, 
Doug Ford has worked with the Prime Minister and with uh, Christia Freeland for the last two years. I, I'm not sure if there's something we're meant to put, read between the lines there that maybe maybe Doug isn't that warmly um, warmly motivated towards the the federal CPC. I mean, to extent his he's I mean he's not an anti-vaxxer. He's not. I mean, members of his caucus are. I don't think there's any great secret there. Uh, but he himself is moderate in comparison with the. Um, you know, it seems strange to say moderate, but I, moderate in comparison with 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 uh, what seems to be fairly mainstream in the CPC. So so maybe it's a matter of keeping keeping away from the from the from the scary people. I I would imagine part of it is. Uh, I think it's the the after effects of the trucker convoy. Uh, you know that. I, I I really think he a he knows that is a death wish to. I I should pair I should start the uh, at the bar, start I'm, I'm I'm jumping in the middle here. I mean, let's face it, Pierre Pierre Polio is wearing that to the day he dies. That is his baby. He 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 now has to double down on that wherever he goes. He can't do this, you know. Oh, all you know, we're we're we're. we're we only support the good truckers. No, no, that trucker convoy ended up with the emergency act, you know, invoked. They had trucks being impounded, people arrests were made, all that stuff, and everybody associates now Pierre Poilievre with supporting it. We, you know, he was waving the flags. He he was che- cheering with the uh, with the supporters, same as um, a number of other other, other uh, uh, candidates who uh, who are running. I think he wants to distance himself as much from that as possible. He's coming up into an election. The last thing he needs is to defend a Tory caucus member who is going to be glad handing with Pierre Poiliev or Leslie Lewis. Um, and when they say something about the, uh, you know, the, you know, the truck trucks for freedom convoy is, you know, we need, you know, that's, that's the people, that's the people we want to support. That's a, that's, that's a tricky pickle to figure out on the uh, on the on the Houston's, and I think he he's smart enough to say to his people, "I don't care. Just you know, we we don't we we've got to say the the quiet part quiet and the loud part loud uh, is is what's going on here." It certainly says something. I mean, you would hope if you're running a leadership campaign federally, in normal circumstances, you know, you you want you want to kind of well. Hey, uh, the government that's in power often wants to sort of pick up some of the reflected glamour of a new candidate, mm-hmm. you know, someone who doesn't have the uh, uh, doesn't have the um, barnacles attached to the hull that a government uh, uh, attracts. Um, and we're actually not seeing that. Was it? Okay, you know, it looks a bit like uh, Doug Ford basically saying, "Keep away from those those people." That they, they they are nothing but harm for our chances of re-election in the summer, and, and if you think that basically there's no way to, um, well, I was going to say Sussex Drive, but wherever the prime minister lives, uh, um, that doesn't go through Ontario, that's kind of just says once again that that you know the the electoral math that's involved with 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 the CPC's kind of headlong obsession with going further and further right just doesn't seem to add up to me, but. No, it, it, I fear I'll, I'll be proved wrong at some point. But well, it doesn't. I mean, I, let's let's face it. The you're right. You said earlier it's Pierre Poilievre to lose, and I think you're de- you're dead on with that analysis. 
and if he is the leader of the of the Tories, um, I'll be honest. What's the like about him? Like, what 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 is it that's a, that's appealing to him? Other than if you're just an angry white guy who who wants to just spout off conspiracy theories, you'll he'll like. There's nothing to like about it. And I, I for all Doug Ford's faults, and he has many. Um. I, I want to say he kind of knows. Okay, this is just a mess. I don't want to get involved with. He he knows he knows perfectly well when to duck and cover, <laughs> you know. And I think he's reading. Oh no, this is a this is a grenade that I don't want to jump on. Uh, my people stay stay in your uh, stay indoors. Don't help these people. I what t- what strikes me is that it's a it's kind of a further we're getting a breaking away of the federal conservative party like there, there seems to be a, a breaking away of the the provincial and federal wings of the party you and i both know that the federal and provincial wings of like the liberals definitely the ndp they're very tightly knit together they're they're very you know same people usually end up working on the same staff you get people the volunteers are always called upon the same case to go knock on doors and you kind of look in the same pools of people to to drum up your your candidates there's a lot of t- ties there. Doug Ford seems to be severing his ties with the federal party slowly but surely. He didn't help in the last federal election and he's not helping with this leadership campaign. And he got to wonder what does that say about the federal conservative party? That right now the, the one of the most successful like it or not folks, one of the most successful conservative premiers politicians in Ontario's history. Um is uh i'm talking politically of course is saying no i don't want anything to do with you i don't want to expel any any political capital on helping you win it it's that's a pretty damning indictment of the cpcs if i've ever heard one um because i mean yeah you're going to get out in alberta jason kenny and saskatchewan scott moe helping pierre presumably not going to, you know, drum up support, big whoop-de-doo. That's conservative heartland. That's the conservative roots right now. But where, how are you going to help, or who's going to help you in BC, especially out east? You know, like the conservative, you know, the, the, those, those are not the same as federal conservatives in the, on the eastern part of the province. You just seem to see a big disconnect between the CPC and its provincial counterparts. Yeah, and I, I mean, I mean the problem. I mean the problem of yeah, and we're not saying anything that actually most of our listeners don't know already, which is that that, that the CPC, since since it became the you know the the reform party uh, uh, under new management, so to speak, uh, it is a party of the West and a party of Alberta and Saskatchewan in particular, and and, and not a national, not a party that seems able to. Do what is necessary to appeal to a to a national audience, um, and I mean, okay, I mean it's like whatever. If you want to keep on banging your head against the wall, have at it, guys. But um, it's ultimately not. Well, I mean, if, the fact that they're going more and more to the right and making more and more unreasonable uh, positions effectively mainstream by their endorsement of them, you know. Uh, Basically, endorsing an open attempt at rebellion and overthrowing a democratic government in downtown, in many ways, 
as bad, if not worse, as the January 6th um, actions in Washington. Um, and you know, at least that was over in a few hours rather than, you know, two weeks or whatever. Oh, um, a month. Took a month. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, how quickly we forget, or I forget. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, 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 it's deeply troubling. It's deeply troubling. Um, it doesn't mean I don't see how, but I mean, our electoral system can do strange things, and people with small amounts of support can win government because that's what happens every single time. You know, so it's, 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 it's not great. It's not great. What other uh, political? news is happening around the 905 political analysis can we give well i'll say the 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 third horseman of the apocalypse perhaps the the third donkey manager of the i don't know (laughs) oh don't be that angry don't Uh, be that angry uh larry diani has come out and has an opinion again um uh and for so, for someone who who apparently has been complaining about attention given to him by some Hamilton journalists or one Hamilton journalist in particular, he seems to really like the attention, and he he decided to take the opportunity to wade into Hamilton politics and say that the current council has gone far too far to the left, um, and that the first thing he would do if he, he was uh, back in. Uh, council was make sure that that statue of John A. Macdonald is put back on its pedestal. Um, and it's like, really, this, this, this is what's most important for Hamilton right now, you know, in, in the midst of pandemic um, uh, economy, uh, economy in doubt because of the global situation with, with, with uh, uh, inflation, Globally, inflation on the rise for the first time in 20, what, if not 30 the, the, years. The word for um, city infrastructure, I'm thinking of sewer gate. I'm thinking of the question yeah. of what are you going to do with the HATS site uh, on the former Sir John A. Macdonald uh, school grounds? Um, what are you going to do uh, about reforming? Uh, building uh, code or, or, or building permits, uh, but, you know, building practices. Your your plan your plans for downtown revitalization. I I'll be honest. Most people get, have said, okay, the Johnny McDonald story. It came, it went. It's, we've moved on. We've realized, hey, we can get along just fine without Johnny McDonald's statue in Gore Park. It's 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 not really that big of a deal. Again, it's this. I, I look at it like I don't even think it's it's. Hamilton going left, like Hamilton City Council going left. Like Lord knows, we've had people on this episode who think that they haven't gone left enough. They they're they're still going right uh, on a on a few issues. So that's entirely subjective in itself. I don't even view it as a left or right issue. I view it mo- entirely as a, a a case of long sitting problems in Hamilton have finally come home to roost. There are there are long standing issues that Hamilton City Council has long neglected not just this one previous ones um that have, they've neglected it's always been somebody else will come along and fix it somebody some we don't need to worry about it um let's let's be parochial with this you know uh uh you know speed traps on adelaide or or wherever statues and parks whatever that's all parochial what the real issues of how do you revitalize the downtown what do you do with the housing issue that is facing Hamilton right now. 
the the question that people have lost trust in their in their elected government. How do you rebuild that? These are long standing. These are huge issues that take more. Uh, you know, there, there are people who have lost trust in the police department, in the, in in the chief of police. That is something that doesn't you just don't fix by saying, "Oh, you, you know, you're just a lefty, commie lefty, and you need to fuck right. it up." That's not how you fix it. Like, you 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 got to no, it throws oil on the fire. You know, I mean, I, 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 that, uh, let's be in no doubt that that comment was directly aimed at two people in particular, which is Maureen Wilson and Narendra Nan. Uh, uh, who are uh, both um, councillors for kind of central old Hamilton areas of, uh, of central Hamilton, um, and an attempt to to get at them. Uh, now, of all the councillors on that current council who who don't routinely attract criticism, but rather commonly attract uh, a deal of praise, it's those two. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, uh, but they are—they were the new faces in 2018. Mm-hmm. They were the—they were the two people who were who were often pretty much openly scorned by their colleagues. But they are also the the, the two who. Uh, well, if this does prove to be a change election in Hamilton, which seems likely, uh, I, I suspect it would be because those two have have led the way to a different kind of council. Um, and, you know, you can say it's left or right or whatever, but I, I just don't think that really applies. We're de- dealing with competence and incompetence when we're dealing with Hamilton Council. We're dealing with people who are relatively fresh faces and people have been around way too long. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about way too long, um, unfortunately, I have to include Larry Diani in that, um, that these former mayors, former and current mayors of Hamilton, they're these three, another three men who, who just seem to go around in circles passing the uh, mayoralty between them uh, to no great effect, um, need to move on. Uh, their, their time is over um, and uh, enough already uh, with these guys. And, and you know, really, as, as, someone, as, a, as a, someone who was a member of the Ontario Liberals and the Federal Liberals in the past, um, uh, before before we I got into the podcast business, I mean, it's these people who uh, the, these are all. Many of these people are people who've run for the Liberals, run uh, federally or provincially or otherwise, um, and, and for some reason, how I mean, I would say to the federal and provincial party, not I'm in the business of giving them any kind of advice anymore, but. If you ever want to come back from the basic, the, the abyss that you're in right now, where basically the Liberal Party hardly exists in Hamilton, particularly the provincial Liberal mm-hmm. Party, and hasn't existed in Hamilton for a decade or more, you need to get rid of these guys, get entirely new faces in, uh, younger faces, different faces, people who, who aren't ankle deep or neck deep in the in the patronage game uh, or seeking appointments or whatever, Fresh faces, completely clean the slate. If you ever want to have a liberal presence in in the city of Hamilton in the future, I would, because right now these people just uh, are killing you. I would, I would dare say, um, I I think the and this might be people, my listeners might be looking at me saying this is a dead horse, Joel. Leave it alone. But I, I think it all comes back down to the pandemic, and by that I look at this, the pandemic. Force a lot of people to look at themselves, look at 
what was important in their lives. And I'm not talking like some like life or death. I mean, just like why, you know, why, why, why do I put up with the stuff that I do? Meaning like go to, go on long commutes to a job I don't really like, um, you know, come home and settle for mismanagement of public services, etc. When we saw the good that public service could do by, um, you know, with, with things like CERB and the 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 rent uh, payments and, and and the wage supports that came from the federal government, people like people viewed it as this is tangible good. I am getting something good from my government. It's it's not a um, uh, a, a theory anymore. This is real, right? And uh, I I thought that that was, and people are saying, well. If we saw that government could actually do good, could actually take the initiative and solve a problem as it was happening, why all of a sudden are we saying, oh, government can't do that? Government can't address these these complex issues that, in all honesty, government kind of created. Um, you know, like people, the fact is we got to figure out better ways of housing ourselves. We got, you, you and I have said, you know, just letting the market decide our, our housing situation isn't going to cut it. Yes, we need more, but just saying, okay, that's going to solve it. No, it's not. It's just, it's a case of just pushing the problem down the road. And we need all levels of government to come up with inventive solutions, municipal, provincial, and federal. We can't just let this, you know, oh, that's a federal problem. They should put more money into housing. Yes, they should, but maybe we should open up better development of a lot of those buildings and spots that are vacant downtown uh, in downtown Hamilton. You know, let's talk about really revamping the working outside our our wheelhouse. And um, yeah, I I think people, people want big and new. They really do. It's they want, they want that bold grand initiative. And sadly, we're not getting that from a lot of our elected officials anymore. Well, it was something that people, the, the old guard in Hamilton, they direct all their attention at, at the suburbs uh, and they think that the suburbs are where it's at. And I think that equation is shifting as as Hamilton's core is going through a renaissance mm-hmm. right now. Is uh, it, it's The city is changing. The city, the old city is coming alive and becoming a new city. It's an exciting time to be in Hamilton. And that pandering to the worst instinct of kind of suburban perspectives. I don't want to have a go at people who live in the suburbs. I've lived in suburbs most of my life, but um, but but the pandering aspect of it, of, of you know, pretending that there's some kind of Marxist takeover of city hall. I mean, spare me. Uh, it uh, no one's buying that. Um, well, I'm sure some people will, but and the other thing is, you know, here's here's Diani who who you know, uh, has served as as a as a liberal at whatever level, federal level, who jumps on the bandwagon to, to agree with him immediately. Well, it's it's the conservative M- MP for Flamborough Glanbrook. Mm-hmm. You know that the, these are the people that that the old guard are are, are, are knee deep with, and, and who are. Who are, who are not serving the best interests of, of the future of the Hamilton, who are trying to block LRT every step of the way, who are 
um, uh, you know, advocating uh, against uh, in favor of the boundary expansion. Who are, you know, we're basically in, e- in every case uh, supporting the, the, the wrong side uh, in terms of of what. Uh, more and more people see as 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 the correct path for the future of of urban areas in this province. Um, it, it, it's disappointing, but I mean, uh, well, I mean, a lot of people think this is going to be a change election. I certainly think it should be really interesting to watch. And there are some. I know I was speaking to someone yesterday. There's some really good candidates coming out of the woodwork uh, now, um, who. Uh, looked like uh, really credible and uh, interesting people and we'll be i'm sure we'll be speaking about them more in the weeks ahead but um along uh, that may that continue it's good for democracy it's good for the city absolutely um you know we i i think progressiveness is the future we're, we we are at heart a progressive country and a progressive people and again i think we just need to start thinking bigger and bolder and better and just start stop looking at this stuff as uh as a nuisance you know it's it, going back to the johnny mcdonald statue first of all it's a fucking statue like it's it's it, it's it, you know it, it's a statue that was built presumably back you know back in the day because people thought oh it'll it'll bring tourism to hamilton a city that has no direct ties to Johnny McDonald. Like if you're a scholar of Johnny McDonald, you're going to go to Kingston, and then and the next stop is Ottawa. Um, you, you just I, uh, yeah. you know the, the idea. Don't, don't get me started on statues. Oh, on, but, <laughs> but, but having started me, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like statues, statues are just dumb and stupid. Like I, you, they really are. I mean, yeah. and you have to you have to bear in mind the statues are not about whoever it is who's being commemorated. No. Statues are about the person who paid for to build it, right? They are about municipal toadying, about you know uh, sucking up to the king of England. They're about um, showing that you've got money to burn. They're, 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 they're more about they're the not person, about John A. They're about the person who erected else. them. Uh, not they really are. They're about the person who erected uh, them, not about the person themselves. It, it's it's yeah. a it, and that's I, I I also I just think that the the p like. Here's the thing, like there's the the people of Hamilton took down that statue. It wasn't the uh it, it wasn't the the city council who uh you know I think it was taken down by the city, okay. but it was taken down uh, under the you okay. know, it appeared likely that it would come down anyway. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I thank you for clarifying. But my, my point being is that it wasn't because it, 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 there was there was no massive uproar. I guess is what I'm saying. Like people were saying, "Okay, fine, take it down." It's either massive indifference, or you're just like, "Congratulations, good, it's done." The ones who were most upset about it were, again, the old guard who can't face change. And quite frankly, if you if you're unable to face the change of a statue coming down, how are you going to face the changes that are going to be coming down the pipe in the next ten years? You just like you, you can't. That's it's, it's that's a sad. Thing. It's basically that same thing about most people don't like change in any shape or form ever. You know they don't. You know, and you know part of the reason why I jump to the defense sometimes of, of you know the so-called nimbies is because like well everybody's got a right 
to to not like something <laughs> uh, that we all don't like things and sometimes our reasons for them are are, are not the best uh but yeah it's like uh, you know the defense of things like statues that oh well what about the history statues are not history they are terrible history you know if you want to know about john Ma- john a mcdonald you don't go and stand in a park right you, you go and read a book you go do some research like history is something i care a lot about i, I spent <laughs> wasted whatever you want to say <laughs> a lot of years looking at history and boy did i never go and look at a statue ever because they tell you nothing <laughs> um so you know the ironic thing is that that what will be in the history books in years ahead will be the fact that statues came down that that makes yeah. uh, that 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 creates new history them sitting there in a park for 200 years or 150 years or whatever doesn't uh doesn't move the historical meter one millimeter uh, so so don't worry about the blasted statues um uh worry about teaching better history in our schools um, because far too many people don't know the first thing. Um, and that goes for our older population as well as our younger population. Um, the, so much of the history that we have been taught uh, to an extent, too many years of, of the heritage minutes and all the rest mm. of it are just chocolate box nonsense um, uh, and, and don't, not real don't, history whatsoever. Don't knock the heritage I mean, minutes. I like those heritage minutes. They're fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize to the to the, to the nation of Canada for having a go at the heritage minutes. Some of them I've seen as like really, it's, <laughs> but it, you know, I, I think I think it's time to learn more about our history. Let's put it that yeah. way, and and uh, that would be good. All right, let's leave it at that for to for today. Uh, thanks very much, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back next Tuesday with a brand new, brand spanking new episode. Uh, so make sure you click listen, subscribe, all that fun stuff. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. Candace Sampson, the voice behind what she said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. 
Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to WhatSheSaidTalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.